Actually, a cover by uh, a person named Housley. Um, it's actually by Four Non Blondes. I don't know if you guys have heard of that group. Uh, actually, it was Patrick Berge that played that song for me. I think he's crushing on the on the women that like that aren't his. <laughs> I don't think he is. He. <laughs> So everyone, welcome to the Tory Says Show. Today is December 4th, 2020, four days away to Safe Harbor Day, and it's a Friday. Um, there's a lot going to see. This week was super bananas, wasn't it? Because it just looks like a clown show. And it's like, you know, bananas is very, very fitting. Next week is going to be... Ouch. So, you know... I have to say, and and I tweeted it out, Laura Loomer made an incredible statement the other day, and I saw it on Telegram. She said, loyalty, uh, hold on, let me read it so I don't misquote her. Uh, It was so good. Uh, She said, where is it? She said, loyalty is the greatest quality a human can have. At the end of the day, nothing else really matters. Just Just take a look around. This country is falling apart due to disloyalty. Now, you know, I really like that because, it, it, you know, for me, uh, myself, right, I, I've understood that all my life, no matter who I meet, no matter what anybody tells me about them, they could tell me, you know, a hundred thousand stories. They can show me uh, whatever their evidence may be to not like someone. I always take them at a hundred percent. Always. It's their job to keep themselves there. 100%. 100%. Now, backstory, obviously, is something of importance, but it doesn't really show, um, you know, what the person or who the person really is. Uh, again, all of us have made mistakes in our lives. All of us have been ugly situations. And those are badges we wear for the scars of the war of life, right? The ups and the downs, you know. Whatever obstacle may have come through your life at some point uh, shouldn't be, and you're standing, should be just an opportunity to learn and grow, right? So for me, that's actually something quite close to me Uh, uh, recently because, okay, yeah, I, um, you know, as you guys know, uh, when I was in D.C., my, my computer was infiltrated by very bad actors multiple bad actors. Um, 
that actually imposed a threat on me. Um, probably one of those, I, I know that one of those actors used to work um, or may still be working with the agency. My room was actually tossed on the same day, tossed. And I spent Thanksgiving with special friends uh, to make sure that um, I am safe. Now, having said that, um, loyalty has to be defined. I think people have changed the definition of what loyalty means. Loyalty shouldn't be that you blindly you know, jump in and support someone. Uh, loyalty isn't like, oh, I'm super loyal to the New York Knicks. Even though they lose all the time, I'll still root for them. True story. It's making a commitment to someone that you know is true to the core to you. And loyalty is that you believe in the other person. Like, there's tons of people that have told me anything under the sun about friends of mine, about anything, right? And it's like, yeah, so I'm sorry. You know, when it comes to me, I don't see it. I got to pass. But you can think whatever you want. So, like, if someone, for example, you know, of for you. You're in love with your dog, right? Your dog's your baby. You never had kids. And it's your baby. And someone starts trashing your baby. And you've cried to me. You've expressed to me how sad you are that someone's trashing your doggy. Now, that other someone, what happens to them? Are you loyal to them? Are you their friend? Will you promote them? No, you won't. You'll be like, dude, there's got to be limits. You're hurting my my friend's feelings about their doggy, like you don't go there. That's just, it's just wrong. Right. And you step away because that's what real people do. It's called a moral floor. There are places that you just don't touch. So I think loyalty should be redefined as to trust and faith in people because they have a moral floor. That's the point. It's not blind. You can see uh, where someone will go to, what lengths and boundaries and, 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 and goalposts they have, right? But at the end of the day, they're being judged by their moral floor, like where they would take it. Like what is their limit? Will they, you know, take it out on elderly? Will they, you know, if we're talking politicians, are they cool with, you know, elder side? What about infanticide? You know, if you're talking friends, it's like if someone talks shit about your your wife, uh, you know, are you okay with someone talking crap about your friend's wife and causing them turmoil? No, you're not. So that other person immediately, you do not, you're not loyal to them because their floor is too low for you, like rock bottom. See, there's a lot of people out there that will say, well one thing's loyalty and the other one's business. I, I just have to keep both sides. This is why we're in the shit we're in right now. That's because that's what Republicans do. Their moral floor is sketchy and if exists, if it exists, therefore they do, um, <laughs> they do as they please to please both sides. That's the problem. And in the end, God sees that. 
I'm going to say this. There is a higher power, and he sees it all. And when you compromise because you're thinking about your next bill, if you compromise because you don't want to burn that bridge because that bridge has some really nice friends attached to it, but then you have to think, are they really friends? Or is it just blackmail that's holding that relationship together? That's, you know, I'm trying to put this out because this is going to play a big role next week for you to be able to discern who has a moral floor and who doesn't. It's like that crazy lady in Georgia. Her eyes were showing her people pulling shit out of a suitcase. And she's like, yeah, so this is none of our business. We're going to take it to civil court. What do you mean civil court? It's a fucking crime. Okay. It is a crime. All right. It's a national security concern. And you've been elected. Where is your moral floor, lady? So next week, it's all going to be about loyalty. And, you know, there were a lot of people within the Trump administration that were outed and taken apart bit by bit because they made loyalty lists. So they use the word loyalty so loosely. Loyalty is, is, is in fact, morality. You're judged by your morality. Where you are allowed, where you are allowed <laughs> yourself, where you allow yourself shit to happen. If you're okay with kids being killed in Uganda, but not in South Africa or not in Asia or not in El Salvador, but you're okay with Uganda, you're more a floor of shit. Just because you pick one and not the other doesn't mean that you're a good person. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Same thing. With our personal relationships too, right? Remember that. Moral floors, man. If your friend went there, they're going to go there again. Therefore, they're not friends. And this is what we're seeing. We're seeing the people in the White House. Like when we saw Bolton come in, what did I say about Bolton? There are not a lot of people that scare me, right? There are not a lot of people that scare me. What do you mean my mic is hot? Is it hot like it's giving you feedback, you guys? Or is it hot like, hey, how are you doing? I'm going to see what the messages say because that distracted me. I got a lot of those. It sounds funky, really. I have to hold it. That's why. I don't have a stand. Oh, thank you. Okay. See, I'm not a disc jockey to know these things. So how's that? Is that better? Wait, that's better. Is that better? Okay. How's that? Super better? Sounds good on Twitch. Bye five. All right. All right. Better. Okay. Uh, uh, lost my train of thought right there for a second. Loyalty must equate morality. And when I saw Bolton enter the White House, I told you guys and didn't hide it that there's not a lot of people that scare I nothing scares me I mean okay I'm scared of spiders and stuff like that but I'll get over it right uh it'll be initial if someone's around there I'll just delegate please kill it but if I'm by myself I got that not a lot of things scare me not a lot of people scare me I'll tell you that but um John Bolton does John Bolton does because the way he responds uh, to carnage. What happened in Central America? Okay, now it's too low. Damn it. <laughs> I'm really trying to figure this out. Is that better? I think that's better. And there's a delay here. 
Okay. Muffled. Wait a minute. Do I have that on? No, I don't. Okay. Is that better? Perfect. All right. All right. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll try to figure this out. I apologize. This isn't my normal equipment and um, I am trying to figure it out. All right. So not a lot of people scare me. Okay. Not a lot of people scare me, but Bolton does. And that's because of his loyalty. And when we speak loyalty, I want us to think loyalty to mankind, humankind, because that's what gives you morality. Morality is and are the unwritten rules that people abide because they have humanity. So this is why Bolton scares me, right? Because <laughs> I don't think he has any. He's all about the mission and that's what that's what's up. So right now we're seeing that play out everywhere. We all saw that scammy Davis Jr. that hijacked the women's for Trump uh, stop the steal, claiming the president is promoting his event. It's not his fucking event. Uh, you know, the Amy Kramer started it. That was a great, you know, uh, initiative that they took, and he hijacked it for his own personal profit and clout. Uh, you know, he's sitting there calling everyone a keyboard warrior because he knows what everybody's doing because he's out there gallivanting, trying to superimpose himself on places. I mean, that doesn't make you a hero and you're not doing anything, Scammy Davis, but trying to enrich yourself and um, bring more light. That's not, that's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. That's not how humanity is. That is not how you do it. How you do it is, you know, you do things that make a difference. And nobody has to see it. You know, there's many times in my life that I'll be in a conversation and I'm pretty chatty, right? I don't socialize. I don't like people. That's the truth. I really don't like people. I don't. <laughs> I don't. For the, for the chattiness I have, that's a, quite a surprising statement, but I'm telling you it's so true. I don't like people. Um, but there's many times in conversations where I hear people uh, talking and, you know, they state things like some event that happened. And I want to say, you know, no, it really didn't happen like that. Let me tell you. Okay. Uh, but I can't, right? Because there's some things that we just cannot say. Uh, just like now with all these... Um, I want to call them rumors, rumors, rumors. But are they really rumors? Because they're half-truths. There we go. Well, that's what a rumor usually is, right? There's a lot of half-truths going around on what's happening and how it's happening and how this election was stolen. And there's just so much. I mean, if you actually take a step back, it looks like it's, it's a room of people having 150 conversations. Have you ever been in that situation? Where you're like at a dinner table and everyone's talking over each other. Okay. This is exactly what's going on with the whole election fraud thing. It's like everyone's talking at the same time. Everyone's kind of saying the same story, but they're really not. You know, and everyone's adding their little spins. And then you have all these people with their channels and special stuff that, you know, some of them are decoders and obviously there's nothing to decode right now. So they're just recycling and they're just adding it into it. And you're just kind of like, oh man, um, so this kind of sound right. This kind of sounds right. This kind of sounds right. Like, where do I land? 
Like, how do I know what's really going on? Right? How do I know what's really, really going on? Because all of you are probably confused. Left, right, left, right. Do you know which way to look? No. So what do you do in that case? Just listen to your president. Your president, the other day, the whole speech that he pre-taped and you could see was cut and put together was not live. His speech, like I said, was his last call for drinks. You know that bell at the bar, ding, 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 last call. That was his last call. You either come forward or you go down. That's basically it. So all you have to listen to is your president. He'll tell you. Again, disinformation is necessary sometimes, and it's actually a very useful tool. It helps you suss out who sits on what side of the fence. It also helps you find leaks. Also leads you right back to the source of it. I mean, I had one person. Okay, guys, I'm just going to look at the chats right now, and I can see most of the chats. For those of you on... um listening to this on, on the radio stream later, iHeart or uh, wherever you download my podcast from, uh, I'll read it out. But um, I want to ask you a question. If someone came to you and said, Tori's going to go to CNN and do a tell-all, would you consider that credible information? I'm just waiting. <laughs> okay. So the... <laughs> Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I've just gotten at least a thousand no's going, right? No, 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 no. Okay, I know, right? So what does that say about an individual that might have said something like that? Totally not credible, right? So it's simple things that suss out who sits where and how credible they are, right? So I'm not saying that actually happened. It could have actually happened, but we don't know. Maybe it's just an example. But I, I thought I'd bring it up because here we have, I have, uh, you know, about 5,000 of you right now across other streams too, across the world, that could confidently say, fuck no. Uh, it's a fake. There's no way. I don't care if you drew me a picture and photo imposed her next to Fredo. There would be no way she did. Because the bottom line is, you know, I would never do that. I actually contemplated that in um, 2008 and then again in 2011 and in 2012. You know, I mean, if you can't tell your boss, who do you tell? The media. I contemplated it. And then I thought, mm, yeah, that's not going to work. I'll just keep my mouth shut till I'm <laughs> till I find somewhere to land, right? I mean, at the end of the day, remember it was ABC that sat on a story about a girl who was handled by Jeffrey Epstein as a child, and they buried that story. And then she was salty because she wasn't the first one to break it, even though she sat on it. Remember, that's your media. That's who your media is. That's where their standards are. So today, I wanted to lead with loyalty and understanding what loyalty means. It doesn't mean that you blindly follow someone like I support the Knicks and the Mets, of course, right? The New York Mets. Okay? That's not what loyalty is. Loyalty is being, being committed to people that have a moral floor. 
And, um, and that's really important because like Laura Loomer said, we're here because of disloyalty and disloyalty. Do you know where that comes from? That's right. Self-preservation. There's no reason that someone that may be moral decides to, you know, side with the immoral or even just dabble with the immoral. Oh, do you know, I'm not really into what um, Adam Schiff does. I, I just go to parties with him. That's not a big deal. I don't like what Adam Schiff does or what he did at the Standard Hotel, but, you know, I still checked into the hotel with the room down the hall, but, you know, doesn't mean that I, you know, support Adam Schiff. Do you see what I'm trying to say? This is all going to be important next week. That's going to be the theme of next week is to discern what's true and what's false based on that moral floor. You know, you might get your hands on. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm still thinking about the Tories going to CNN to do a tell-all. I'm so sorry. I'm still laughing. I shouldn't be laughing. This is so bad. But um, so it'll be something as dumb as that. I'm. I mean, okay, great. I put on mascara this morning. Now my face is black. Great. I've got black lines going across my cheek now. Thanks for for myself bringing up that as an example. But that's going to be the key next week, you guys. Next week, it's all going to be about moral floors, self-preservation, and trying to suss out what makes sense and what doesn't. I mean, if it sounds super far-fetched, it probably is. (laughs) Probably is. So, and how do we know that that is coming in? Well, one thing I wanted to um, say is the real heroes. Like, we're not seeing them. And we've talked about the hero's tale before. I did a whole show about that. And we're at that climax point, which is super badass. But one guy that I've met and I adore, and um, he's been doing a great job uh, putting out information at these hearings, um, is Colonel Waldron. Phil Waldron is an incredible man, very smart. Obviously, he's like super, he's like, way too smart uh, for for the state legislatures, uh, for sure. But I was really appreciative to see um, Greg Kelly talk about him. Uh, he's an incredible person. It's someone that you don't hear about. Uh, it's an American hero you'll never hear about. Well, you did hear about him on Tory Says for a while. And he's an incredible person and knows his stuff. And I want to give him a proper introduction to all of you so you understand him. I know you've seen him at the hearings, but um, he's a really, really good person. Really good person. And he's fighting for this nation like no other. So without further ado, let's play that clip so you can get to know who Colonel Waldron is. Oh, Colonel Phil Waldron, U.S. Army, retired. An information warfare expert, a systems analyst, He is one of the key witnesses helping out the Donald Trump team, along with Rudy Giuliani. He's been dissecting Dominion, revealing all kinds of basic flaws, how corruptible, how corrupt this system actually is. Phil Waldron, unfortunately, you probably haven't heard much, if anything at all, about this guy because mainstream media are doing their best to ignore this story. But he's out there every day with Rudy and the team making the case before state lawmakers primarily 
hoping that they'll do something before it's too late. All of those reporting, you know, the fractional voting is there. The It's not a whole number. Again, if, if there are 10 people, you cast 10 ballots, you know, the sum of the, the whatever candidates are voted for should equal 10 and not, you know, 2.87 for one, 3.13 for the other, and four for, for the third candidate. It should all, you know, equal whole numbers. Okay, uh, let's be honest. This is not exactly CSI Miami. Okay, he is uh, you know, very technical, and it's one of the many reasons why the mainstream media uh, are not embracing him. Number one, this is a complex story. Number two, they have already made up their minds, and this guy is trying to help out a Republican. Compare this colonel with another colonel, a lieutenant colonel, Oliver North. Remember him. Uh, that was dramatic. Uh, the uniform and the theatrics was on Capitol Hill, of course, a hero of mine, by the way. And remember, he was going after, at least the media portrayed it that way. He wasn't personally going after it, but they thought it was all bad for Ronald Reagan. That was, that was about. Uh, so he became household name famous. That's not happening right now uh, for Colonel Waldron. Doesn't mean what he's talking about is any less important. In fact, uh, on the merits, it's a lot more important than the Iran-Contra affair. We have the testimony, we have footage like this, the Dominion system, which is very, very complicated and expensive. There are a lot of reasons why places like Texas said, "Mm -mm, this is not for us. Good Republicans on Capitol Hill are taking notice and they're calling for action. For about the last four years, we said, you said, this town said that the Russians helped Donald Trump win the election and they hacked it and so on and so forth with no evidence whatsoever. Now, sitting under a mountain of evidence, no one wants to take a look. Nobody can be bothered. Ladies and gentlemen, this is urgent. We can't wait for a year for Durham or the attorney general to get to the answer. The American people need to know right now. We have an election in Georgia next month. We need to know right now whether we can trust it. We call on the attorney general to get in there, do a forensic audit, find the evidence, and let us know if this has been a fair election. Thank you. Congressman Scott Perry of Pennsylvania. And you can tell right there that there's not a lot of energy at these things because the media, they are staying clear. And they're trying to make anybody who's open-minded about this even uh, seem like a nut job, like you're oh, way out there crazy. What they're saying and doing to Rudy Giuliani is unconscionable. This man is an American hero, one of the greatest prosecutors of the 20th century. And look at him. He is everywhere all at once. The travel, relentless. I did not think he was going to be in Atlanta today. And sure enough, he was there. Before that, Michigan, Phoenix. He is working about a thousand times harder than Joe Biden ever worked in his life. And boy, looking at Joe... I don't think it's going to happen. If it were to happen, Joe would be the most bizarre, remote, figurehead president this country has ever had. I don't believe it's going to happen. Now, in the meantime, big tech, media, they're really trying to keep this story off of Donald Trump and on the incoming Biden administration. Uh, The speech that the president made, he released on social media. Good luck. Wait, wait, let's rewind this. Just I want to stop right here on the frame. Can you see Joe Biden putting his weight on the booty? Let me just mute it and just watch the video. Well, weight on the booty. Okay. Seems legit. Totally legit. Um, very legit. Let's just, this is a pretty stellar report. Let's just listen. I don't want to interrupt him too much. I just wanted to show you that. 
okay? Vote figurehead president this country has ever had. I don't believe it's going to happen. Now, in the meantime, big tech, media, they're really trying to keep this story off of Donald Trump and on the incoming Biden administration. Uh, the speech that the president made, he released on social media. Good luck finding it. Uh, really not heavily promoted by social. They have ways of downplaying this stuff. And when it made the news, they didn't even give him a chance. It continues to lie about election fraud. Just today, releasing a 46-minute video repeating fact-free conspiracy theories about the election being stolen. Just came right out and called it a lie. It's Jonathan Carl from ABC News, the head of the White House Correspondents Association for a while. Has he talked to everybody? Has he interviewed Colonel Waldron? How about all these folks? Mainstream media, they've been making fun of them because, oh, they're not the most polished people, some of them. Some of them are working class. Some of them maybe aren't accustomed to the limelight, so they get made fun of. They're already lining up certain cast members on SNL to depict some of these people because they're holding their noses up, laughing at them, and not even giving them a chance. That's awful. You know, there's another dynamic uh, at work here. The mainstream media, they feel guilt because they paid so much attention to Donald Trump back in 2015 and 2016. They beat themselves up to this day. We shouldn't have carried this rally. We shouldn't have carried that rally. You know, oh, we were only thinking about ratings. We should never have given him as much attention. So in 2019, 2020, uh, really when the campaign started, you'll notice they didn't take those rallies in full. They stayed away from them um, to hurt him. Uh, so it was harder for him to get the message out. That's not fair. That's not right. I want to tell you this story. My wife tells me I tell it too much, but I've only been to one Donald Trump rally, and it was the very first on June 16, 2015. They didn't even call them rallies back then. It was just an event, and we didn't know exactly what would happen. But Donald Trump announced for the presidency. I was somewhat surprised. I thought it was going to be a new TV show. In the aftermath, Everybody in the mainstream media said this was a total joke. This is not going to happen. They actually put Donald Trump in clown makeup and put it on the cover of the Daily News. Yes, they did. They mocked him. They didn't even watch his video. Why? Because they know it's a threat. And all of them are the ones that it was supposed to reach. Every single member of that media that didn't air it, that just called it fake. You know, a lot of people do that. They just don't watch something. Oh, it's false. It's been debunked. Show me where you debunked anything. He's stating facts. He stated crimes. He made it clear to the people, and you didn't show it. That's okay. I did. And I just made sure to not uh, put the monetization button on um, uh, YouTube, so that way it Goes under the radar. Digital camouflage. Pretty important. You got to learn their ways. Uh, this was actually quite a good piece. There's a lot of things that Greg Kelly says and does that I don't agree with, but it's his moral floor. He has one at least, right? He does. He does. So I like him because he has a moral floor, right? And for that reason, I would be loyal to watching him. Uh, this is where I'm trying to give you a hint of what you're going to see next week. Uh, a lot of people can be wrong. 
I mean, you know, I preach to you guys about uh, loyalty and how we select. You know, one thing that I get into a fight with Patrick Bergie all the time is that he doesn't trust anybody. No one. No one. Um, but I do. And sometimes I'm wrong. And that's okay. Because you learn, right? You learn. And all of us are in this learning process, too. Um, we have to see where the moral floors go. And that's where you can see where their loyalty lies. There we go. So look at the moral floor and you can see the loyalty and where it lies. The loyalty to what is depicted by the moral floor. And that's what I was coining in August and September telling you that between now and when our president is inaugurated, uh, you got to trust your gut. If it sounds off, it probably is. Because I can tell you, being in the belly of the beast, everyone's cannibalizing each other. Nobody, nobody, <laughs> they're throwing each other under the bus. There's a, a, many teams working together, but they're all looking to stab each other in the back. When what we have to do is stop with these petty differences and what you think is right and how the other team is wrong and, and just freaking work together. Because if, if, if anybody, can speak to unity being necessary to win a war. I think those are the soldiers, right? Uh, the people that have been on the ground. People like Colonel Waldron, like General Flynn, can tell you that there are times where you just put stuff aside and you just work together because it's important in order to save your nation. And that includes um, journalists because they got to show their moral floor. No more self-preservation. If you're worried about your job tomorrow, you've failed as an American. If you're worried about, you know, someone not wanting to cast you in their show, you failed as an American. I'm, today someone asked, where am I located? I am less than a mile away from a closet uh, that I first went to in 1990. Well, actually I was there in 1998, but I actually, I was only there for five minutes. But the most important um, session I had uh, in 99 was in that closet. And I'm in the belly of the beast, Arlington, uh, today. So um, it'll be interesting. So I don't like Arlington, Virginia for that reason. Um, I don't. Um, I don't. uh I don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> I just don't like it. But it's better than D.C. At least here, there are people that love their country. Uh, in D.C., you feel like it's the capital of the world and they hate America. Uh, they have huge banners flying, uh, you know, claiming that only black lives matter. Uh, yeah, iconic roads have now been coined Black Lives Matter Street or whatever. Um, my White House is decorated with you know, fences and stickers and pictures and papers. It looks like a third world country. Uh, so I could just say, uh, it's, um, it's, it's, uh, pretty, uh, interesting, uh, to be back, um, in this area, which is kind of half and half. It's a demi type, uh, affection. Now, I want you to listen to how Greg Kelly goes about this because, in fact, those that they mock the most are the most effective. They will mock you, right? They will discredit you. They will throw anything they can to make you look 
like an idiot because they can't shut you up and because they can't stop you from speaking the truth. That's basically what they do. That's how they operate. And that was their plan. They actually communicated, I can say that for a fact, that I'm pretty sure the FBI that was putting their own stuff on WikiLeaks through Wikistrat, right? Yes, they were. That should be coming out soon. Um, there's communications where they wanted to promote President Trump because they could take him down easier. That's how cocky they were. And that's how they thought. That's how much control they thought they had over the people. Because if the media is going to attack him and everybody in the world is going to attack him, no one's going to listen to him. That's not how it works. Because the one thing he did was be honest. He wore his heart on his sleeve. He made sure of that. And that the people could see him bare naked. Right there. Nothing to hide. They gave him an anal probe in his life. The federal government did. The agency did. The FBI did. Five Eyes did. Nine Eyes helped. ISI jumped in too. And they all failed to find something criminal. <laughs> you can file anything you want in a civil suit. You can't do it in a criminal though. You got to have evidence, see, that stands. So this man and his family have been put through the ringer and he's still standing. That, that in fact, is just the most iconic picture of a leader. Someone you can put through a ringer and still stands. Because why? Because they're 100% real. And with all their flaws and everything, nobody cares. I don't care about your flaws. I don't care about your shenanigans when you were a teenager. I don't care about predicaments you've been in. You're squeaky clean regardless, even with your baggage. Because when your actual in, uh, intentions are for the good, <laughs> your lifestyle shenanigans, your anything, your business, your whatever, doesn't matter. Proof is in the pudding, right? Because no one is perfect and anyone pretending they are. <laughs> well, that's the theme for next week. So listen to how he dovetails this. But there was uh, one person there who saw through all of that, who didn't pay attention to the mainstream and just listened to the speech like most Americans did. And I'm still proud of what I said that day. I think he might be a game changer in this race. Listen to that speech. It's going to go over well uh, in certain precincts in Iowa, New Hampshire. This is a big deal. This is not a joke. Okay. I know it seems like I'm probably a big mouth on this show and on social media, but one thing I actually do pretty well is listen. And I am a fairly perceptive person, if I uh, may say so. And too many in the media, they're above listening. They just want to talk, talk, talk and tell you what they think to be or what they hope to be the truth. And uh, I'm not like that, in part because I grew up outside of the media culture. I grew up in the military and didn't go into this stuff until I was in my 30s. Uh, let's talk real quick about big tech and big media <laughs> and bigger egos. They should take note of something as they work. Wait, before he jumps into that, I just want to give more hat tips to Colonel Waldron. 
So you guys, if you listen to my shows from November of 2019, I explained everything that Colonel Waldron was trying to simplify for uh, this uh, state legislatures. It just went over their head. Remember, the whole your ballots go in, right? But what comes out on the other end isn't your ballot. It's not one vote for Trump, one vote for Biden, one vote for Jorgensen, one vote for your corrupt judge that isn't being run against by anybody else, one vote for your stupid county commissioner, one vote for this. It's not. It's all fractionalized. Your vote is like 0.2%. Uh, 0.2 of your vote for Trump goes to him. Biden gets 1.62. And then, uh, you know, uh, Jorgensen gets this. And you'll be like, wait a minute, doesn't that make my ballot null and void? Well, not really. Your ballot was counted, right, on the front end. But on the back end, all the votes that were sitting in that scrabble tile bag and what do they call it? Cleansing phase where they strip the identity of the vote so you can have anonymity. Right. So under the guise of we're providing you anonymity so nobody knows who you voted for. So you're completely anonymous. On the other on the other side, when the votes are tabulated after they've come back from a trip overseas with the Chinese, you know, putting their little fingers in it. Suddenly you've voted for everyone via percentage. Right. They pull from everyone and they'll distribute it for those that you didn't vote for. Right. It, uh, accordingly to fit their algorithm. That is exactly what he's explaining to the state legislature. And Greg Kelly says, you know, he's very technical. He's this dude. He's explaining it straightforward. And you know what he should just ask? Um, you know. Colonel Walton should just be like, all right, next time he's there, he should say, all right, so you're okay with the fact that your vote goes in, but when it gets tabulated, it's not really your vote. It's been shuffled and cleansed, and you don't know if it's your vote. And the only person that knows if it's actually your vote or how much of your vote it is uh, has uh, the cipher keys for the trap door, and they won't give it to us because it's proprietary information. But I can only guess that Brennan has his little fat fingers on it. That's what he should be asking the state legislature. He's incredible and he's doing an amazing job and he's a humble man. I wanted to put that out. He doesn't have an ego. He loves his country. And he's trying his best with his technical expertise to put it forward and make it understandable for the people. Your vote is not counted. Your vote is not counted. It's simple as that. And if I was there sitting next to him, I'd be like, hey, ask him if he's okay that the vote doesn't really count. <laughs> That's what you should ask. Hey, are you okay with uh, your constituents' vote not being registered as one vote? Oh, I don't understand what that means. That means one vote for your candidate isn't one vote. It's a percentage of the vote, and then the other percentage gets spread across every other single candidate. Are you okay with that? That's the question everyone should ask. That's the question everyone should ask. My one vote for Trump shouldn't be a percentage to him, a percentage to everybody and their mother on that ticket. It should be just one for Trump. And he showed that they come up with percentages. How the heck do votes come up with percentages? Oh, yeah, those are technical issues. I mean, I think the civil, this should be taken to, you know, civil court. Hmm. Speaking of big egos and tech, President Trump is going to veto the bill if 230 isn't repealed. Take a listen. To stifle and censor the president and those who support him. 
they are playing with fire. A lot of folks don't realize this, but you may remember the Arab Spring started in Tunisia, then went out throughout the Middle East. These are scenes from Egypt, I believe. And massive throngs came out in support of democracy and against the corrupt regimes. It's been told that social media fueled all this, promoting democracy. But you know what angered a lot of folks in this crowd and didn't really spark the movement until this happened? It's when the government actually censored content. Those who weren't necessarily involved in politics, when it said that they could not see what they wanted to see, that's when things really got ugly over there for the government. Now, it's a little bit different here. The government isn't ordering this. Big tech is. But you saw the results. Big tech, big government, kind of the same thing in a way. Hmm? Make sense? All right, folks. Uh, there is something I saw last night that I want to highlight. Uh, you ever hear of Mike Barnacle? Uh, after the speech, and actually it was this morning on Morning Joe, this guy Mark ba Michael Barnacle has been around for a long time, one of the regulars on Morning Joe, came out and basically said the president is crazy. Where are the Republicans? Where are the Republican United States senators who perhaps heard of or listened to that 46-minute mentally ill rant last night from the president of the United States? Anyone who listened or heard what Donald Trump said last night and were commissioned by the people of their states to represent the state and the country who did not think maybe we should go down and take this away from him, invoke the 25th Amendment before more damage is done. So a couple of things here. I thought the speech was great and might have benefited him if he had given it a little bit earlier. He laid it out perfectly. This guy himself, um, that's a really bad thing to say. I'm sure he's a nice guy in real life, but when he gets in front of a camera or starts hanging around with his media friends, uh, he's the guy who's got serious problems. A few things about Mike Barnacle. Uh, he had to, well, he essentially got fired from the Boston Globe for making stuff up. He wrote about uh, cancer-stricken children that he had never met. Totally made stuff up, so they pushed him out. Uh, but somehow he came back, and you see him on Morning Joe all the time, where he's friends with Joe Scarborough. And he hangs out with him in the middle of COVID in Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard. See anything? Nobody's wearing a mask. This is a day after Joe lectured. However many people watched that show, that they should all be wearing masks all the time. And here's something else about Barnacle that... Uh, <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting. Way back when, he was in a movie essentially playing himself. Now, the candidate with Robert Redford was made in the early 1970s. It's actually a very good movie. Uh, Redford plays this kind of empty suit candidate who's uh, running for all the wrong reasons. And um, this guy sees right through it, but he's okay with it. Watch. All a man can say is here I am. And that's what I say to you tonight. Here I am. I'm willing to give it all I've got. Let's make it begin. I saw something out there tonight. Believe me, this is really effective. I can feel it. You can do it. You can go all the way. Look at you and I both know this is but the point is they are believing it. Bill, come on. Come on. Right. Excuse me. It's good to see you, Pete. You and I both know that this is BS, but they're believing it. Basically playing himself way back in 1972 or whatever. That is Mike Barnacle. Um, 
the guy you see, well, if you do watch Morning Joe, same guy. Look, this is not over. And the idea that it is over is an illusion. It is an artificial one, and it is a dishonest one. Remember, anything can happen. This is not in the hands of the media. This is in a much higher power's hands. You just watched Newsmax TV, America's fastest-growing cable news channel, now in more than 70 million homes. You can get Newsmax TV on your cable system or check your cable guide. And if your system doesn't carry Newsmax, call them. Tell them we want Newsmax TV because we're real news for real people. I wanted to let that ad run because they are putting some real news out there for the people, and it's important that we see that. Now... Movies. We've talked about movies. If they've made a movie, it's half truth. And it's a truth that they want you to see. Uh, It's a pretty interesting truth too, right? Uh, And that guy does look special, you know, and um, actors act, right? And that's the way it is. Actors want to act. Now, Ratcliffe uh, put in an op-ed, if you guys noticed, uh, and it was talking about China, something we've been talking about. Well, I've tried to, I've tried to kind of uh, bring it home there, uh, but I have in uh, my statements, my official statements that I made, and in all my affidavits that I've filed in the previous years, that, you know, Chinese technology, and I'm really glad he, he, he put in that um, op-ed, it's the Chinese technology on uh, the off-the-shelf components of the actual election machines that make us vulnerable. And I circle back to that tweet I put out to Governor Kemp where I was like, yo, I could see your Kyocera printer. That doesn't mean I'm going to go hack it. Uh, well, I could very easily because there are a lot of back doors through the actual various components that make up that printer. That is the point. How did they get in in there to fractionalize or, well, not fractionalize. I don't like to use it because it's not, uh, it is kind of, but it's not really, okay? It's just the algorithm adjusting itself. But when they want to inject votes and change them or what what people, you know, so loosely coin flipping votes, it's not flipping votes, okay? It's just a block allocation to adjust for the algorithm because it's heavy on one side. Again, I'm going to give you the visual. Okay, so you understand exactly how the fraud happened. We we saw them manufacturing the tangible evidence in case of audit because they expected to be audited. Right. This is why we had the suitcases. But the numbers are facts. The system had already told them, hey, we're going to be injecting so many at the at this time. You know, so we need this many to come in and we can make it look Like, you know, you're making the evidence because we'll get away with it. Don't worry. It sounds like whoever, whoever infiltrated them and gave them that advice did us a really good service. But uh, picture this. I want the seesaw example. You've got a seesaw and you got to keep it level, right, in order to run back and forth on it. So you need to run back and forth. Now, if one side of the seesaw gets heavy, you can't run back and forth. You're going to slide off to that side. Once you do, the seesaw breaks. You can't balance it again. You're screwed, and that's it. And then it's like, I'm sorry, I can't function anymore. That's what happened in 2016. Why? Because someone wasn't able to actually get in and deploy the scripts 
that were needed to piggyback offshore through the tallying. That's basically it. And that is maneuvered in that sense of going in through these little back doors that are available. Kind of like when my computer was hacked when I was here, I left a honeypot. And it's not like that chick from Cambridge. (laughs) I really love the way um, Gavin put that together on the documentary. But what I did was I put in a little Bluetooth dongle on my computer that I never used, which is supposed for um, a mouse. And uh, that uh, attracts people because it's open. Right. When you have Bluetooth open, I can come into your phone and look at everything. I can come into your computer and look at everything because the software that's there for the Bluetooth is readily available for me on the Internet. The firmware, everything that makes you vulnerable. I can come in and take a peek. And this is how I had everybody and their mother in my computer looking at everything. And they probably have my passwords, my bank account and everything, everything. Whatever I logged into, they had access to my Gmail, you know, but I have nothing to hide. So I'm okay because I'm not dumb. There's no way you're going to find what you were looking for. There's no way you were going to find what you were looking for. I'm way smarter than that. But that's how honeypots are. And we have tons of honeypots on these Dominion machines. Tons of them. Because a lot of that software is made in China. And I did tell you in my episode for New Year's that China, 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 AI, China, 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 China is actually the threat. While everyone was talking Russia, 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 North Korea, this, I told you China, 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 China. And then Africa is coming. And it's already starting to creep into the picture. But this is a direct threat to us. The president made it clear. We cannot be using things manufactured in China because then they have access to it and they can spy on us. How many computers right now are sitting in our federal government that have components that are Chinese? How many government entities have printers that have Chinese components? How many of them have a mouse or a keyboard that's wireless that has a Chinese component? How do you expect to be secure if everybody can access it? You can't. And so the report that Ratcliffe put out is very, very important. Take a listen to a summary here. Uh, The country's top intelligence official says that threat is a defining issue of our time. National security correspondent Jennifer Griffin looks at the evidence tonight from the Pentagon. America's outgoing intelligence chief, John Ratcliffe, in a new op-ed, warns that China is the greatest national security threat faced by the United States since World War II. Quote, the intelligence is clear. Beijing intends to dominate the U.S. and the rest of the planet economically, militarily, and technologically. Ratcliffe spoke to FoxNews.com. China is the only country capable of challenging American supremacy across the board. Supply chain issues, foreign investment, cyber issues, 5G. China is the only country that threatens American supremacy. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs echoed that view as well. The longer term, almost existential challenge is going to be uh, China. It just is. Uh, We we have to come to grips with that. I'm not saying you're going to have a war with China. Uh, I'm saying we want to prevent a war with China. Even NATO is shifting its focus beyond Russia. China does not share our values. It undermines human rights. 
It uh, bullies other countries. The Chinese Communist Party continues its crackdown on Hong Kong's pro-democracy. I can't even stand listening to Stoltenberg. I'm sorry. I just can't. The way he came out. Listen, do you know what China, why China is a threat? We're not going to go to war with them. That war already started a long time ago. Their culture and their ways do not resonate those that come in with force. They subdue their enemies by infiltrating them. What? Art of war, isn't it? And they will plant whatever they need in all nations and have them cannibalize themselves so they're the last one standing. This is why they're so smart and so successful. Now, I want you to think there's no I in me, but there's a CIA in China, right? You get it? John Brennan was APAC. Gina Haspel, APAC. We have to think of how this happened and who allowed it to happen. Agreeing to the terms of a great global, I know we see the United Nations as one of the biggest threats, but the United Nations will cannibalize itself too. They stand no chance against the patience that a nation like China has. That's a fact. The activists jailing 24-year-old Joshua Wong, Agnes Chow, and 26 years solitary confinement and were sentenced to prison this week for organizing peaceful protests. China's defense budget is now the second largest in the world. Its navy, the largest. The Chinese, man have 25 shipyards to our one. The U.S. Navy is, however, more lethal with more precision weapons. The U.S. has 11 aircraft carriers compared to China's two, which are Soviet relics. The State Department announced it is reducing visitor visas for Chinese Communist Party members and their family members from 10 years to one month due to their, quote, nefarious activities. More than 1,000 visiting Chinese researchers fled the U.S since this summer, according to the Justice Department, which says they burrowed into U.S. research labs on university campuses and stole cutting-edge technology while hiding their connections to the Chinese military. Mike? Hiding their connections to the Chinese military, I see. Well, no one's hidden any connections to Chinese military except for the previous administration. See, this man came in loving his country. And I'm a little bit concerned as to I provided one, one individual, one, that's within the United States that I actually pointed the finger at and said, that person can give you China on a platter and show you what the Obama-Biden administration did with China. Now, has that been actioned on? I don't know yet. I'm hoping to find out today because that's one of the most important things and I'm going to make sure that I can find out today because if it hasn't, I need to make sure that I get that done because when people see what the Obama-Biden administration did and how they colluded with the CCP, it's game over. So we're going to take a short break to get some coffee, and I'll see you guys in just a bit. I don't to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. In my heart, 
I just want to be the one you love And with your admission You'd feel the same I'll have reached the goal I'm dreaming of Believe me, I don't want to set the world on fire I just want to start a flame in your heart I've lost all ambition for worldly acclaim I just want to be the one you love And with your admission you'd feel the same I'll have reached the goal I'm dreaming of Believe me, I don't want to set the world on fire I just want to start a flame in your I'm back. Okay, made that coffee really quick too. I hope you guys refilled because uh, I wanted to start off the gate with our uh, with the people's general, General Flynn, where he spoke with Lou Dobbs about his partner, uh, about his partner, part pardon, tongue tied, slip, whatever. So here we are. Um, well, we will hear him speak about it rather than make assumptions. Because the one thing we've learned, those of us that have been following the career of General Flynn, is that he's honest and straightforward. And even though there are times that he can't say things, he says just enough so you understand and have some really good situational awareness. President Trump pardoned General Michael Flynn after years-long persecution of the general The White House stated this in giving him a full and unconditional pardon. General Flynn should not require a pardon. He is an innocent man. Even the FBI agents who interviewed General Flynn did not think he was lying. The prosecution of General Flynn is yet another reminder of something that has long been clear. After the 2016 election, individuals within the outgoing administration refused to accept the choice the American people had made at the ballot box and worked to undermine the peaceful transition of power. The general and his family were gracious in their expressions of gratitude, saying, quote, the Flynn family is grateful to President Donald J. Trump for answering our prayers and the prayers of the nation by removing the heavy burden of injustice off the shoulders of our brother Michael with a full pardon of innocence. We thank President Trump for recognizing our brother's sacrifice in this battle for truth, our Constitution, our Republic, and all that America stands for around the world. A true beacon of liberty. Joining us tonight by phone is General Michael Flynn, who has served this nation with great distinction uh, in the United States military and in his uh, uh, private uh, life and political life as well. General, first of all, it's an honor to have you on the broadcast, and we uh, 
we are absolutely thrilled that President Trump uh, took this action. I know that there were reservations uh, on your part and that of your defense counsel about accepting such a pardon. Uh, give us your your state of mind and heart uh, at this moment. Well, first of all, Lou, thanks very much for having me on your show and, and for your audience. And for you personally, you have been a beacon of light for this country and uh, have been really relentless in the pursuit of truth. I, I honestly uh, do okay. not. It, is, it has not sunk in yet, Lou. Uh, it will, I, I would say, and I just reemphasize some of the points that you made from my family's letter my, uh, my, my faith in God, he's an amazing spirit, he's an amazing light. In my life, the strength of my family, particularly my wife, uh, we've been together, you know, for decades, since we were 13 years old. And, uh, and really, what I call, what I describe as true friends, Lou, patriots all across this country, friends that I've had from when I was a kid to, uh, to those that I met in the military. But the outreach by America... My family and I is just extraordinary, and it has really given me the resilience that I have uh, been able to be blessed by to fight through this and get to the point where we got. And I really do appreciate the uh, president for uh, seeing uh, what what he and what the White House described as the pardon of innocence, because that's exactly what it is. It, it is that. Uh, it is also, uh, I, I know your defense attorney, Sidney Powell, who has uh, worked tirelessly uh, uh, and relentlessly in your behalf. Uh, she, at one point, uh, hated to see the president uh, give a pardon. Uh, and I know that means that you uh, were concerned about it as well. How did you mm -hmm. overcome that, uh, that reticence? I'll put it that way. Well, I, I think at a certain point in time, you know, Knowing myself, I'd have probably just continued to go and go and go. But but uh, as my family and I, particularly my wife and I, talked about it and uh, and honestly prayed over it, uh, we came to the conclusion that that this was the right moment in time to do this. The the justice system that uh, that we were facing was just not going to function properly. And it was very, very obvious that that was going to be the case. So, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we went and, um, made, made the decision that this is the direction that we wanted to go and, uh, good enough for, uh, President Donald Trump, uh, for coming, coming through. And, uh, and we're, we're, you know, certainly grateful to him. But, uh, at the same time, we also know that this was a political persecution of the highest order and, uh, not something that any American should ever have to go through. We still don't know the uh, the well the full extent of the uh, reporting on the moment at which you were being framed uh, in the White House by two FBI uh, agents. Uh, we still haven't seen uh, Agent uh, uh, Plinka's uh, uh, so-called 302, uh, which is a summary of that interview. Uh, it's extraordinary that the Justice Department still withholds us, the FBI, so much about your case. Who do you hold responsible for what they did to you, the persecution of General Michael Flynn, for more than four years? Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, people want me to say something, or you know, for years, you know, are you, are you upset with President Trump? Are you upset with the, the, the White House? And the answer is no. And the reason why, because this was a setup 
from the beginning. And it really, uh, where accountability lies is it lies in the previous administration. I mean, we all know that. The, the truth is, has been out now for, you know, well over a year, uh, probably a year and a half, and there's been extraordinary, what everybody now, you know, knows as exculpatory evidence, right, that has come out. And it's come out through the, through the great right. fighting warrior strength of Sidney Powell. And that type of information, you say to yourself, oh, my God, you know, what, what was this, uh, the previous administration doing during the campaign of, of, uh, of Donald Trump, during the transition of Donald Trump, and then during, while he was, while he was in office? I mean, it was, and I said in my statement that, uh, that this country should never be usurped by the power in our government and by the institutions of our government, justice, federal law enforcement, the intelligence, uh, ever again. And, uh, and, and I know that the president uh, feels the same way as I do. And we cannot have that in a, in, a, in, a, in a country like we have, a beautiful, strong country like we have, uh, and, and survive. And, uh, and honestly, the, as I've gone through four years of this, Lou, uh, so hasn't the president. And frankly, it's more damaging. Has so, so has the country. And the country has been damaged by Absolutely. this. And I think we're, we're still feeling the pain in this recent election. Well, General Flynn has never flinched from the fight, uh, and this time is no exception. He's engaged in a new battle, the battle for the White House and the future of this very republic. Well, that was a short interview um, and pretty stellar. Uh, the one thing that I can say is that the general is uh, a soldier first. And... He's a very smart man. Very smart. But his moral floor is what is exceptional. And where he's willing to go. Sidney Powell is a warrior herself. And she seeks nothing but the truth. And it doesn't matter if it's not... The correct thing to do, it's always the right thing to do. What is the righteous thing to do? This is where it boils down to. Sidney Powell is a warrior, and she is taking some really heavy fire. I mean, really heavy fire. And people have attacked Linwood, too, for comments and said things. This man is a warrior, too. The question is, remember how I told you, division isn't what we need right now, is unity. But all we see is division. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it all. I'm seeing all these little groups. What people are throwing money where. How they're operating it. And who has that moral floor. You know, I hate, I, I don't like that word. I don't like doing interviews. You guys know that, right? Uh, for as long as my show has been on, I've done very few interviews. But I'm actually tickling with the idea of having a surprise interview that I may air on Saturday. I may, but I may do it on Monday. I'm thinking about it. Because the people that I like to interview are people that can provide us more insight. So um, I had interviewed a few people to give us insight on the Turkey situation, right? 
Then I let you in on a conversation with me and Buff Perry. That wasn't an interview. Then I had the interview with Roger Stone, and then I had that interview with Matt Whitaker. So I'm very selective on who I interview. And the reason I do that is because I can't help myself. (laughs) I ask the questions no one would, right? So there is someone that I'm thinking I will be interviewing actually interviewing but you know all of you then call me out hey you you know you're flexing your questioning skills or whoop didn't expect that one so i thought i'd just give you that little insight um because i'm thinking about it um and it'll be kind of left field you'll be like wait a minute what because i can interview anyone right but I'm very selective on who I interview. Listening into my conversations with them, having them online with me, uh, talking is one thing. Interviewing is another thing, right? So um, I'm more than likely going to be doing that, and I and I believe that you guys will enjoy it, especially those that are overseas too, um, because I know that they've been following uh, the activities of this specific person. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, So it's Friday, four days away from safe Harbor day. Well, it's two business days to safe Harbor day, right? Monday. And then it's Tuesday. And then again, with the weekend, we miss out in the big day is December 14th, which by the way, you know, I have those Kennedy ornaments um, just for those that um, watch the Tory Says Show, we're going to be having that live for those special edition Kennedy ornaments that I'll be uh, giving away uh, to people. Um, and also, I have a stack of, uh, as I'm traveling, I kid you not, I have uh, cards that I'm sending out. Um, so you may be getting them from various states. <laughs> so... Uh, I just wanted to say that housekeeping stuff. So let's move on. Let's shift gears a little bit. So it's Friday. What's going to happen over the weekend, Tori, is the question. Well, we already saw our president's speech, this address he gave us, which was one of the most important addresses one can listen to. I would urge you at your time off or if you're taking a bath or cooking, to just uh, stream that portion of my show from yesterday, uh, which is on YouTube, Twitch, or it's already uh, in podcast form. And listen to exactly what the president is telling you. Because as we near closer to that time, the Insurrection Act is there. And it sits there. And I'm really hoping we could just pull the rug out from under them without uh, pulling that pin. Um but the military is the only way. It, um, it is. And we have to have faith that those that will be executing the orders, those that will be provided the title of control, are the ones that believe in America first. Now many will say, we trust the military, of course we do. But we have to remember that from the year 2000 up until 2016, 
our military not only was defunded and crippled, but the standards were depleted. The standards. There used to be standards. And we're not talking ASVAB standards, right? We're talking standards of why you're going in. It's kind of like I remember when I was um, in med school, there were a lot of people um, and there were people in there that really wanted to practice medicine for personal reasons, but a lot of them just did it for the money. They don't care. They just want money and they want the prestige, which is not much of a prestige if you're going to be the first people getting the vaccine. I'm just saying, but um, they wanted the prestige and the money. They weren't doing it because they want to do it. And then there was those with the God complex, which I kind of have sometimes, I guess, right? Because I did, you know, focus on human cloning and um, treating death as a disease as opposed to an ultimatum. Uh, And the reason that I would approach um, telomere research in that aspect is because I find it quite um, contrary to what our Lord um, would have put in place, and that is to release us into this world only to have a ticking clock for us to die. Um, and that was the approach that I went with. But it was through science that my faith was reinforced. It was through science that I saw that everything is so perfect that our little minds can't fathom the intelligent design behind us. So any scientist telling you, oh, well, everything can be explained in science isn't really a scientist and they don't really understand the concept enough. If you haven't had your wall up there with the signaling pathways of PKK, then um, (laughs) you're not really a, um, a super scientist. I know that sounds really superficial, but I'm just saying it is through science that you see God. And it is through God that we see faith. So goes hand in hand. Damn that faith. We need it this week. I'm telling you we need it. Because the Tuesday after next is going to be pretty insane. And the reason I say this is because we hear statements like this. I, I, I saw that Shifty Schiff uh, had a new uh, uh, interview out. Um, he looked like he was wearing blush. Okay, looks like a Snapchat filter. Let me just show you because I want to play this interview he had with um, CNN. But look at his face. He looks like he's wearing blush. We're having a sitting okay. press Congressman Adam Schiff. Before it starts, can you see the blush? He looks all smoothed out, no corners, you know, outlined lips, kind of looks like 3D in position. So I'm assuming that it's like a filter of Snapchat. Uh, and the color hues are a little bit different. But he looks very smoothed out, you know, like the Instagram stuff we see, uh, stuff kids play with. I play with filters too, especially when I wake up in the morning and I have puffy eyes because I have not been getting any sleep um, since I decided to say uh, to take a dose of Fugamol. Have you guys seen that? We're going to play that. I want to show that advertisement and say, you know what? I'm just going to go down there and I'm going to be like, look, I've been sending you my affidavits. Now you can't. Um, make me go away because I'm here. And the more I'm here, it's like scorched earth. But <laughs> I want to play this uh, interview. And I also want you to pay attention to the Snapchat filter and what he says. You can also see the ring light in his eyes. So he's definitely using a filter too. 
Schiff is, of course, chairman of the Intelligence Committee. Uh, thanks for joining us at this uh, busy time. Good, good to be with you. Uh, there's layers to this, um, but the review of the Mueller probe has already been going for some time. The elevation of it now to be a special counsel uh, when they are about to leave office, um, does that strike you as somehow suspect, as opposed to, say, if it had initiated that way, uh, I'm curious, is there any rationale for this other than them losing power? No, there isn't. Uh, and I suppose it's fitting, Ari, that at the end of Barr's tenure, uh, he's going out the way he came in uh, as the most uh, political attorney general uh, in memory, one uh, more than willing to do the president's bidding uh, in any way with the initiation of this investigation and now with this, what I think will be an unsuccessful attempt to prolong the investigation uh, through this uh, secret appointment, uh, only disclosed now of Durham as a special counsel. The appointment is not consistent with the language of the statute that he's relying on uh, and can be rescinded, I think, by the next attorney general. Uh, I would presume the next attorney general will look to see whether there's any merit to the work that uh, John Durham is doing and make a, a, a rational decision about whether that should continue at, at any level. But yeah, this you, is merely Just to clarify, forward. you said... You yeah. said something about the timeline. Your view is that, that Durham, and this could matter, but that Durham became a special counsel when? Well, you know, that uh, order, I think, that Barr signed uh, appears to be dated a couple of weeks before the election. Uh, and uh, it's interesting that he didn't want to disclose it at that time, I, I think, because it would be suggesting that he thought Trump was about to lose the election. Uh, but nonetheless, this is an effort to prolong well, let me the... One more time, yeah. because you're saying something interesting. Um, and I, I'm not putting words in your mouth, Congressman, but it's a subtle point. You're suggesting that it was secret then, so it didn't look like the kind of thing you do to prepare for a loss. Of course, had they won, nothing would have probably made it very public, right? Then they might not have needed to publicize it. It would have been, oh, we're, we're covered either way, or would it eventually have come I, out? I think it's not clear, frankly, whether they would have... Uh, fall through with that appointment uh, had mm. Trump been reelected. Um, Barr didn't feel it was necessary that he had some special counsel status in the past. I think it's pretty clear the only reason he wanted to confer that status now is a desire to uh, continue the investigation after he's gone. Uh, that is after mm. Barr is gone. Um, but, uh, but as the appointment appears politically motivated, as it appears to be based uh, on uh, a, a faulty premise in, in the sense of the statute on which it's based. Uh, it, it's inconsistent with that statute. Uh, I think that the next attorney general will have every opportunity to examine, uh, to repeal, or to allow the investigation to continue if the next attorney general thinks there's anything, any part of it that has any merit. The other aspect of this review of the Mueller probe is that if they found something that, was, uh, that there was evidence for that was really bad, we're all ears. Um, Mueller did not deliver the political goods that everyone wanted. There were people who wanted something to just get at Donald Trump, quote unquote, or find, quote unquote, a collusion conspiracy. He didn't charge that. Um, I'm curious what you think now that this review has had so many problems. And I'll, I'll remind folks of one, a lot's happened this year. Um, but one of Durham's very top aides who was considered to be, you know, legit, Nora Danny, uh, a Connecticut prosecutor. She was a top aide there resigned about pressure, not allegedly from Durham, but from Bill Barr himself. And then you didn't get much other reporting or material out of this before the election, which Barr himself had said was the point. 
do you view this as ultimately they were searching to find something bad but couldn't? Um, or do you do you feel that eventually a report will come out and, and we have to wait and see what that is? I think the investigation really has been tainted from the beginning. Uh, it was initiated for a political purpose, uh, not on the basis of evidence, but on the basis of Bill Barr's uh, desire to placate the president. The president wanted his political enemies investigated. He wanted the investigation of his conduct and misconduct uh, itself investigated. And Barr was willing to oblige. Uh, so Barr appoints Durham. Um, then uh, Barr wants the report before the election in violation of Department of Justice policy so that it can influence the election. Um, and then you have uh, Danahy uh, resign from Durham's team because she doesn't want to be a part of that violation of department policy, that political act. Um, and, uh, and now the election is over and you have Barr still at it, wanting now to prolong the investigation into the next administration. Um, you know, it's a, it's a bit, frankly, like uh, the, the investigation he announced was apparently coming to an end, uh, and that is over election interference. It was yep. prompted by Barr on the, on the, you know, with the absence of evidence. Uh, it was uh, necessary for Barr to change department policy to even begin that kind of investigation. Uh, and, uh, and now it's come to apparently an unceremonious end because there is no evidence of massive fraud. Yeah, no, no fraud evidence as we've reported, and yet that brings us to the next thing I wanted to, to ask you about, which is the president still going forward with these lies and conspiracy theories. Take a look. Frankly, we did win this election. <laughs> this election was a fraud. This, it was a rigged election. I mean, I hate to say it, but this was a rigged at the highest level, it was a rigged election. Which I won, by the way. It's going to be a very hard thing to concede because we know there was massive fraud. The whole world is watching, and it's a very sad thing. Very sad thing. As for the highest levels, we can show you legal certifications from the highest levels of the elections officials in both parties in all of these states. Uh, Congressman, while on the one hand, this is a thwarted or relatively ineffective plot, uh, what do you think should be done, if anything, by the Congress or a reckoning for having a sitting president openly trying to overthrow state results? Well, you know, like Bill Barr, uh, from beginning to end, Donald Trump has been an anti-democratic president. Uh, came in uh, tearing down our democratic institutions and on the way out is tearing down more uh, among the most important of our institutions. That is the peaceful transition of power. Uh, he appears to be uh, among the last who are still willing to make these baldly false claims. All right. So he said false claims. I'm just going to pause it there and then we'll go back to it. But it was very interesting to hear him, guys, uh, talk about Bill Barr and secretly appointing, uh, you know, a special counsel. It was very interesting to hear him talk about that. I found it astounding. We heard from the I found it astounding, actually, uh, how uh, he described it as he secretly did it, because that would mean that President Trump is going to lose. That was very interesting. He didn't clarify which John Durham, though, right? <laughs> and a special counsel. Oh, I dislike special counsels. But, you know, once a special counsel is in, nobody can take them out. Regardless if they inaugurate, how did Pelosi say, we're going to inaugurate the duly elected president, regardless of geography, and if a certain someone doesn't want to leave the White House. You see, 
they've got their plan. And right now we're walking right along into that path. And they believe that they're on point. It's like, yep, all systems go. Uh, you know, this is all, you know, perfect. Everyone's falling into line. This is what the Democrats say. And they even put out information dispelling what your own eyes are seeing. I want you guys to see how important it is to know who you're electing as your state representatives, both in your local state and house. You know, kind of like how he just said, well, the president is trying to, like, toss out whatever the states are saying. Well, here's this. Um, thank you for being with us. We heard from the Secretary of State's office earlier, just a couple hours ago, that um, they've investigated this repeatedly, that they had a monitor on site the entire time. And frankly, this has been debunked for weeks by... So here's a lady that somehow found her way in a position that makes decisions for her constituents. Her constituents should be very concerned right now. Who watched a video and said it was debunked when the video shows that whatever she's saying is bullshit. She's claiming that it was debunked weeks ago. which makes That's pretty interesting right there. But here's where her argument gets a little bit weird. By our Secretary of State's office. I tried to see the video. Then I think the courts will probably be able to handle this once you present your evidence to them. As I'm aware, there have been about 40 lawsuits dismissed already. Oh, so the courts are going to see this evidence and they're going to decide, but 40 of them have been dismissed already. <laughs> Who is this chick again? Hmm? And according to the law of the state of Georgia, we do not have the power to submit alternate electors. The provision in the law is quite clear. So we can't submit alternate electors. The law is quite clear. If we say that Joe won, Joe gets electors. At, tw at 21-2-501-F. Is there a question? Senator, sorry. Did she, like, read something off and think she's smart now? We'll ask questions. We'll have a time for statements at the conclusion. Yeah, my question is, what, uh, the question is, since this has been debunked repeatedly, what... Sounds like the same Akbar debunking. I've debunked this. What did you debunk, dude? Sounds like she's getting the same talking points from the same source. Hint. Evidence can you give to us... Are you serious? It counters what our elections officials have presented us with only an hour ago. You just saw it. You officials need to watch the video. What about the fact that they say that they had a monitor there the entire time? Even if there was a monitor there the entire time, they were pulling out fucking suitcases with ballots in them, lady. I can't speak for them. Well, thank you. They did not have the video. They said they had a monitor the whole time. Uh, You're looking at the room. Uh, then maybe we should invite them back in. Uh, then maybe we should invite them back in. Because it was debunked, right? All right. Well, we need to do that. Senator Tillery. You know what that means, right? Let me tell you what that means. 
That means she knows exactly who paid these people, the mom, daughter. That's usually how it rolls. Because I could tell you that that's how it rolls. Why? Well, I, I poll watched. And I could tell you that the people that were at the little areas doing all the poll watching and helping and ushering people were all freaking family. Right? All freaking family. So this chick got her talking points, read off some, you know, state law and wanted to make her point and yeah and it's like but you're watching the video they didn't have the video there i mean that's where the video is it no monitor there yeah well um yeah so um uh-huh then we need to call them back in no you know what should have happened yesterday if any of those people sitting in those seats actually represented their constituents you know what should have happened yesterday one of them one and not one did one of them should have stood up and said, well, these people live here, right? Can we bring them here right now? Let's recess until we get all of them in here so they can explain to us where these suitcase came from. Because what we're observing is not something for civil courts. These are crimes. These are actually national security issues. So I tweeted out yesterday and I posed this question to all of you. I mean... We've got some big, heavy lawyers, right, on this. Think. I want you to think. I'm only going to make this statement without elaborating, and I want you to think. Because not everything is what it seems. Because it's been game on from a couple days before the elections in 2016, so I want you to think. Think. Rudy Giuliani is an amazing lawyer. Sidney Powell, freaking juggernaut. All of these people, amazing lawyers. So then why haven't they filed anything with the Department of Justice? Why haven't they gone to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Georgia and deposited the evidence? I want you to think. Because when Barr says, I haven't seen any evidence... Nothing was given to him. Some people were like, well, somebody called the FBI and then they hung up on her because we're not. I'm just going to say, think about it. We're not lawyers. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. Maybe some of you listening are. But I want you to think. If we have crimes, national security issues, why haven't we filed it with the Department of Justice? You need to simmer on that just for a little bit. Because right now, it looks like we're doing everything they want us to do. Right? We were here together weeks ago when I told you they're waiting for us to go to the state legislature and make our case. We were here in September talking about this. And October. And even before the elections, they're going to want us to go to the state legislature. They've already decided the magic number is 26-24. Right? And that's not common core math. So if we have evidence of issues of national security, and we're doing exactly what they want us to do, then why haven't we put anything 
filed officially. Well, Patrick Berge did the other day, but why hasn't any of this evidence been deposited to the Department of Justice? This is it. That's it. Someone said something so good. I'm trying to find it. Gosh darn it. I know I screenshotted it so that I can read it. Um, it was so good. I saw a comment um, while I was um, listening to Schiff trying to, gosh darn it, where are you? Damn. Great. Now I don't see it. He put the comment in YouTube and said that we are, there we go. We are the keystone in the arch of freedom. John F. Kennedy. That's what's up. So think, what kind of lawyer would have crimes in their hand? Actual national security issue crimes. And not put that into the Department of Justice. Why haven't they handed the reins to Barr? You see where I'm going with this? So I'm going to let you guys simmer on that for a bit. But while you simmer on that, I want you to listen to the words of this song as it simmers on why aren't we depositing crimes to the Department of Justice? Why aren't we filing criminal complaints and we're filing lawsuits? Think. That's all you have to do. Think about that. Because that will tell you everything you need to know. about uh, psychological operations, I learned that music is one of the ways that people respond uh, a lot faster because it stimulates, uh, like on a, on a more biological level, it stimulates a lot of neurons at once, pleasure neurons, fearful neurons, and it triggers things. So this is why music is so effective. This is why there's music therapy. It helps you vibrate. So I hope with what I told you, you were able to vibrate a little bit and understand what that, what the words of that song coupled with the not everything is what it seems, um, kind of show you to yourself. And each person's eyes and ears are receptive to certain wavelengths, and you can only hear things that, you're, that your ears are primed to hear. 
You can only see things that you are able to see, right? So this show is about to get super, super duper fun. And if this week hasn't shown that to you, then your eyes aren't ready yet. If you haven't seen it, your eyes aren't ready yet. But here's a glimpse as to what and why the methods of us lining up and doing exactly what they expect us to do are coming to fruition. It's pretty simple. Giuliani just put out a tweet making it clear. And I'll read it to you. Republican legislator let, legislature let down America. I am ashamed of them. They completely misled the president and me. All of us Republicans, let them know what we think of them. So on the Tory Says Show, since I've started my show, I've been drilling in the notion that we should know how important our vote is. The importance of your vote on any level, not just a federal one. This is where the people can start to see. Because let me tell you something. If you file a criminal complaint to the DOJ demonstrating national security, will you be able to see that in the public? Yes or no? The only time you'll be able to see any investigation, any discovery, or anything like that, is after an indictment has been issued. Do you understand now? Do you understand why Barr made that statement? Do you understand? Because you can, look, I filed a complaint with cyber in August for my deleted SQL file and my stolen communications. The minute I filed it, right, because I didn't go the civil route, first of all, because it cost a shit ton of money, right? But why didn't I go the civil route and I went that? Because I'm not going to know anything until after an indictment is issued. Once that indictment is issued, then does the public get to see. So here, Rudy Giuliani made it clear to you that it had to be this way, that we could not do it any other way because then you wouldn't be able to see. That's what's important. You need to be able to see, to see it for yourself, like that crazy chick who sat there and said it's been debunked and there was a guy monitoring them when the video clearly showed that what she's saying is completely false. And if there was a supervisor there, then how was he okay with suitcases being pulled out from under tables that had ballots in them? This is it. This is where it comes down to. The people being able to see. That is so whenever I'm on I'm on Twitter and I'm looking at all these big names with their massive followings making all their smart comments, I realize just how many people are out of the loop. Completely out of the loop. Um, I'm gonna try to go to my my page. I should retweet that. President Trump is always right. Here we go. 
Patrick Berge said, sold commercially as ShadowNet, Jones, Obama's national security advisor, made his newest iteration ClearForce, now with Hayden, Obama's CIA. Copyright below is from 2009 as Obama Jones were sworn in. They hacked the votes and you. The target is you. This cyber warfare has bled into everything. Right? We need to understand that. It doesn't just come at you by sneaking into your computer and stealing your credit card information. They can make up their own credit card information, okay? That's it. They could. You had to see it. It had to be this way so you can see it. So you understand just what's at stake here. So you understand how important your vote is. Because that's what we've lost sight of. The importance of our vote, the importance of our, our, our voice, your, your vote is not only your voice, it's a representation of your freedom. Your vote is what gives you freedom. When you can't vote or when your vote is stolen, <laughs> you're not free. So, breaking, Trump campaign files overturned lawsuit in Georgia. This just happened. Let me play this for you. Because this is just the prelude to next week. Again, don't even listen to me. Ever. Listen to your president. He tells you everything you need to know. But again, the only thing I can reinforce to you is that it was necessary to be like this. Because it's only through this that you can see where you're looking at it and you're ready to chuck your phone at the TV and say, did she just say this was debunked? Can she not see they just pulled the suitcase? on? Are they saying it's debunked? Can they not see people filling out ballots? Is, are, is this pure insanity? They're okay with, listen, they didn't even need, listen, the state legislature didn't need to, to see unquestionable proof that the elections were meddled with and fiddled. They didn't need that. One ballot being altered is one too many. And it should have stopped right there to say, you know what? If it happened once, the possibility, it could happen again. You didn't have to find evidence beyond any reasonable doubt. If there is one breach, it's over. That means that there is an issue. It's not a one-off when it's a repeat type deal across the nation. That tells you everything you need to know about your state legislature and how important it is that you vote correctly. If not, throw your hat in the race. You're way better than them, for sure. On the East Coast, 10 a.m. on the West, today is Friday, December the 4th, just three weeks until Christmas and even less time until the Electoral College votes to make Joe Biden president. But there is a brand new legal challenge to talk about this hour, the Trump campaign. Wait a minute. Did you hear that? Oh, this is another week before uh, they vote Joe Biden to become president. Excuse me, sir. I'm sorry. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Remember, I told you in 2021, we've got a lot of work to do. I'm going to come to every freaking state. We are going to recall impeach, whatever your state laws are, we're removing every single clown in your state legislature. Every single one of them. I promise you we're doing that. Every single one of them, state by state. By 2020, 
four will be done with that mission. And all of you will be employed to do that. Can you see why that mission that I told you about months ago is so important? Can you see how important your state legislature is? In order to be part of a perfect union, you have to establish justice and ensure domestic tranquility. I mean, this is just the preamble. Can you see how none of that is being upheld? And we can't have a just union if they're all doing whatever they want and not what you want. So let's listen to his report, even though his comment makes us all cock our head. Campaign has just filed a new lawsuit in Georgia. The design of this lawsuit is to overturn the results of the election. This after newly released surveillance video shows a woman pulling what appears to be a suitcase out from underneath a table that allegedly contained thousands of ballots. This also comes after poll watchers were let out of the room at the State Farm Arena in downtown Atlanta. Ballots were reportedly counted for hours without any election supervisors or Republican poll watchers present. This is being reported by several sources, including Atlanta's CBS station. Now, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp is finally calling for a signature audit, saying this new testimony and this new video has raised additional questions. President Trump, who recently said he was embarrassed for endorsing Kemp, is now doubling down on Twitter. Quote, people in Georgia got caught cold, bringing in massive numbers of ballots and putting them in voting machines. Great job, Governor Brian Kemp. A little sarcasm, perhaps, there. Let's welcome in now Newsmax White House correspondent Emerald Robinson, who joins us from Washington. Uh, Emerald, a big question. A lot of people are wondering, will Brian Kemp be on stage with President Trump in Valdosta this weekend when they're holding this rally for Senators Kelly Leffler and David Perdue? I mean, it's 2020, so anything can happen, right, John? But as <laughs> of right point. now, it doesn't look like... <laughs> Good yeah. point. Does it look like it should be a possibility? Um, uh, Brian Kemp is, of course, budging a bit under pressure, suggesting that uh, the Secretary of State should do a signature match audit. But now he said that before, uh, you know, so it's hard to see how far that will really go this time. But there is public pressure and growing sentiment based on that video, that footage that shows that people left the room, the observers left the room. They kept counting after they pulled suitcases out from underneath the table. There could be as, as many as, you know, 24,000 votes in question there that were counted without observers. And, uh, of course, election officials are trying to push back on that. Gabriel Sterling came on Newsmax earlier today where their position changed a little bit. So a lot of people are out there are noticing that. But let's talk about this new lawsuit because this is a big deal. The Trump, uh, the president filing in his name in Georgia today, along with David Schaefer, who is the chairman of the Republican Party down in Georgia. What they're asking the judge in this case to do is based on all the evidence and information that they are presenting is asking that a judge file an injunction to decertify the results of the election so that those electors will not be given to Joe Biden. Now, in light of this footage, you also have a very emboldened Trump team out there saying this is bombshell footage and that it shows that the presidential election is compromised in the state of Georgia and that the legislatures there should use their Article II powers and certify their electors for President Trump. That is what they are seeking, John. Well, Emerald, I, you know, a lot of people are carrying around their pocket constitutions in case we all have to verify uh, our vaccine approval. You know, you may have seen these cards. I'm carrying around my pocket constitution because I'm trying to keep up to date with Article 2 and all these changes. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to watch based on these new lawsuits and what the judges do and what the legislators do. We'll see you soon. Have a great weekend, Emerald. Now, so now Emerald used to be I, I watched her on OAN. She's incredible. Um, and she's very well spoken. Uh, I really like her. Uh, 
It's pretty interesting, right? So they filed this lawsuit and they're asking them to decertify. No, man, let them certify that crap. I want them all down. Who put their signature and certified them? Round them up. They're part of this crime syndicate. Round them up. Round them up. Because either way, the elections are null and void. So I would say, <laughs> let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be, right? Let it be. Because we want to round them up. They put their signature on something they knew was wrong. Don't advocate for it. They should do it on their own. If they're not doing it on their own, they're part of the conspiracy. We were also talking earlier about all the Trump campaign challenges. Here's a look at a map right now, which kind of lays it all out for you, geographically speaking. Let's also talk about uh, Wisconsin and uh, Michigan as well. There's an IT contractor out of Michigan who works for Dominion Voting Systems. She testified at a House oversight hearing, a state house oversight hearing in Michigan yesterday, where she said she saw at least 30,000 ballots counted multiple times. The poll book is completely off. Completely off. Off that by 30,000? I'd say that poll book is off by over 100,000. That poll book? That's what's up because I found a lot of things that are off. I love her. And the fact that they're mocking her and making fun of her, I love it even more. Why don't you look at the registered voters on there? How many registered voters are on there? Did you, do you even know the answer to that? No, I guess it's, I'm trying to get to the bottom zero. of this here. Zero. There's zero. Now, the Trump campaign has filed in Nevada telling a judge yesterday it had evidence of dead people voting as well as thousands of double votes. In Wisconsin, the Supreme Court yesterday declined to hear the latest Trump campaign election lawsuit. That lawsuit filed Wednesday. It alleges discrimination against able-bodied voters, but that's just merely a formality. The Supreme Court also says they don't have the ability to hear that until it's heard by a lower court in Wisconsin. A lower right, court? Arizona. Mm-hmm. More than 2,000 ballots will be inspected after Arizona Republican Party Chair Kelly Ward filed a lawsuit uh, in testimony in Maricopa County Superior Court yesterday. Poll observers testified they saw several problems during the ballot duplication process. Problems they believe cost President Trump votes and a lot of votes in Arizona. Newsmax TV is now America's fastest growing cable news channel. We give you the real news. All right. So that that woman, I, my spirit animal, and I totally loved it because she was right. Zero. 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 What part don't you understand? The Z, the E, the R, the O, zero. And um, I saw a video uh, that someone tweeted out from a great uh, old movie, and it was just so perfect. Vincent Kennedy put this out. Let me just play this for you quickly. It is so awesome. Hold on a sec. Let's do this. Why is my phone ringing? Gosh darn it. Here we go. Doing your part of the Tune-ups, oil changes, brake relining, engine rebuilds, rebuild some trannies, rear ends. Okay, okay. But does being an ex-mechanic necessarily qualify you as being an expert on tire marks? No. Thank you. Goodbye. Sit down and stay there until you're told to leave. Yana, Ms. Vito's expertise is in general automotive knowledge. It is in this area that her testimony will be applicable. Now, if Mr. Trotter wishes to voir dire a witness as to the extent of her expertise in this area, I'm sure he's going to be more than satisfied. Okay. All right. All right. Now, uh, Ms. 
Vito, being an expert on general automotive knowledge, can you tell me what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a four barrel carburetor? It's a bullshit question. Does that mean that you can't answer it? It's a bullshit question. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. Your Honor, I move to disqualify Ms. Vito as an expert witness. I could picture a question like that before we hear her answer. Tori, you don't know anything. Tell me about Dominion Software and how it does this. It's a bullshit question because it's not Dominion Software that's the problem. It's what's under it, what it was built on. So that's a trick question. Can you answer the question? No, it is a trick question. Why is it a trick question? Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four-barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before top dead center. That's what's up. Well, um, that's what's up. She's acceptable, Your Honor. She's acceptable. It's kind of like them saying, well, Dominion software wasn't created until then. That's a trick question because the actual software was created in 1999. Ask the Venezuelans when we sold them our really bunk equipment in 2004 when we mucked it up. Hence why Venezuela has those machines. You know where they were sold out of, right? State of Florida. Just saying. Just saying. So this is how you know that in the end, God wins and they lose. And that is what's happening. There is no if, ands, or buts. They lost. They know it. These are death rattles. And what you're seeing is a show. Because the only way for the people to know what happened is to sue them in open civil court. There is no sealed civil suit. Trust me, I tried. There is no sealed civil suit. So as long as we keep it open in the public, the more the people see. <laughs> but we've got the pin, fingers right on it, and it'll be pulled the minute it is necessary to be pulled. So on that note, guys, Christmas is almost here. I feel kind of bad because I haven't really decorated. We did get a tree, um, kind of decorated it. Um, but I'm relying on, <laughs> on others to do it for me now. Well, Or maybe I'll just tornado it. Maybe I'll just extend Christmas into January for myself. Because uh, I am the Christmas lady. I'm the lady that puts the wreath on the door on November 1st, right after Halloween is over. I skip through Thanksgiving, just making it a prelude to Christmas. And because I'm thankful for everything that is to come. And for all of us, I just want you to know, it's it's going to be pretty insane. Sunday, I am doing a movie night with my Twitch uh, group. I will tell you the exact time. I'm, I'm assuming it'll be about 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. But we are. And I've got a super bomb diggity movie that we're going to watch totally aligns with what we're seeing today. So on that note, guys, God bless. Remember, God wins in the end. And I will see you uh, on Monday if I don't see you on Saturday for an impromptu maybe show. But definitely on Sunday for movie night. God bless. 
It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten It's glistening once again Candy canes and silver lanes The clown It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every but the prettiest sight to see is a honey that will be on your own front Pair of humble boots and a pistol that shoots is the wish of Bonnie and Ben. Dolls that will talk, that will go for a walk is the hope for Janice and Jen. And Mama and Dad can hardly wait for school to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go. There's a tree in the Grand Hotel, one in the park as well. It's the sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. So the bells will start, and the thing that'll make them ring is the carol that you sing right within your heart. Christmas, wow.